never say die! Forty going on fourteen. Hello everybody and welcome to Forty Going On Fourteen, episode one forty three. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and if my work history has taught me anything, it's that it doesn't matter how good you think you'd be at modeling rings and bracelets or how many jobs you'd be willing to take with no pay in order to break into the industry. Posting online that you're willing to do free hand jobs will not get you the experience you're looking for. It'll get you the experience I'm looking for. (laughs) Get you the experience you're looking for. I got nothing, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just saying, I was not disappointed last time I made that little classified post. So. Receiving or giving? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are talking about jobs this week, as in things you get paid for. Yeah, and if listening to interesting podcasts is like your job, I would send you to the Podcast Collective at www.podcastcollective.com, where you can find such shows as The Bad Parenting Podcast, On the Block, No Hope for Humanity, The Coffin Joe Cast, our own Joel's solo show, The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, Dating Baggage, and The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy. Yes. And recently added, Minted Box Cast, and another show... um, called tales from the hard side that is awesome Ooh, new shows tales from yep. the heart side hard, hard side. side hard side tales it's, of hard cider uh, izzy rocks is uh one of his other shows that he does and it's really really good oh huh. well i'll have to check that out then and if, you're, right. uh, if you're around on a uh, saturday afternoon at noon you can check us out at geek life radio we're streaming semi-live if our uh, older shows itunes blueberry stitcher and talk shoes where you can find those and if you like, call us, 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yeah, if you want to send us an email, you could do so at 40go14 at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter, at 40go14. So this is where we would have that. Yeah, this is where we would have all that sweet listener feedback, but our listeners are too busy uh, enjoying the nice spring weather and uh, summer-like, depending on where you are in the country. Beautiful out there, out there today. Yeah. So like yeah, flood so, out here. Isn't that summer? Not for here. <laughs> it's flooding down in Texas. Sounds like a good song. <laughs> it so, was. Is it? Is it about that time then? All the telephone yeah. lines are down. <laughs> I think it's about that time. This weekend, music, <laughs> movies, <laughs> and TV. And sports. <laughs> I hear you start laughing before it even comes up now. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, that's a, a way back. If if you have only joined us in the last six months or so, we ha- we haven't heard the uh, this weekend theme Josh dubstep remix in a while. Mm. I got to start making more of those. So again, you know, hey, there's a reason to call us. Call us and say that stuff: music, movies, TV. But leave the sports out, otherwise Joel gets sad. Aw, yeah. Yeah. Call us, say that stuff, and I'll make it into a remix. So, there you go. Ask Nikki. It happened to her. Yeah. Which, you have to do Nikki's next week, too. So, But uh, this weekend, May 24th, 1986, the date Patrick got his first job. You know the exact date? Yeah. He still has the (laughs) I-9. Why do you um, know the exact date? I I remember the exact dates on most things. That's true. Um, yeah, I was at a Twiggy's. I don't know why it was called Twiggy's, but it was a yogurt shop. 
called Twiggies. And it took me many, many years before I could smell a waffle cone again. Was that like, like part without of your- getting sick, or you burned out your waffle cone scent receptors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about it? it took many, many years for a waffle cone to smell appetizing again? How about that? Oh, okay, thought, that's much better. I thought you were like the waffle cone sniffer for the store or something like that. Like that was <laughs> right. a thing. Patrick, I mean, it was just good? so funny because like, like all day long you're just making waffle cones and scooping ice cream and stuff. And you just get tired of smelling the waffle cones, and everybody walks in the door and goes, "Oh, it smells so good in here!" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, great, yeah." All right, so that is the um, that's the date. Let's go. We got music this week, nineteen eighty six. Who made who? By ACDC is released on the twenty third, and the final countdown by Europe is released on the twenty sixth. Fucking love that song. <laughs> I know. In the past, I've talked about my experience with the Columbia Record and Tape Company, Europe. That was one of the tapes I got. Oh, yeah. Ninja Survive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Amanda. Terrible song. There was that that whole album was just like terrible 80s hair metal gold. Those three words actually go together in terms of Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Cherokee riding (laughs) on the trail of tears. (laughs) Cherokee. They didn't know what they did. Cherokee. Cherokee I thought. I thought. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I thought Tesla did Cherokee. <laughs> no, that was uh, Europe. Oh, Jesus. Every time I hear that song, though, I always think of uh, Jay and Shadow, and Shadow Run. Oh. But that's a really, really nerdy story for other times. So <laughs> The Greatest uh, Love of All by Whitney Houston was the top song of the land at this time, which the week before took out the acronym of the week, which is PSBWEG. What's his of, name? Oh. Of course, that's uh, Penises Strike Back, Wangs Eat Grandma. <laughs> what? <laughs> I want to watch that. Oh, of course it is. Nope. <laughs> no. Do you know what it is, Pat? Um, let's see. What would that be? I wrote oh. it this week. Nope. No idea. Pet Shop Boys, West End Girls. Oh. I didn't uh, even... I was thinking that whole thing was the title. I didn't even think about yeah, it. Yeah. No, that's... Whereas I turned it into a weird porn horror film. (laughs) (laughs) Poor grandma. That's that's all the punctuation thing. The difference between let's eat grandma and let's eat grandma. (laughs) Um, But then eventually Whitney Houston was taken out by Madonna's Live to Tell, which I don't remember. No, not a very... I like that song. If I had a dream... Oh, that's what that song. Yeah, Yeah. I know that song. I can vaguely remember it. Yeah, it's not a... it's no Papa Don't Preach. No, um, so, it is. True. I'm in trouble deep, man. But uh, on May 21st, Mira, American singer and actress. Myra. Myra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Alexander Noyes. N-O-Y-E-S. No no. I think so. Noyes. That would be Joel's area uh, of expertise there. The drummer for Honor Society are both born. That is the most boring like trivia Tip you could it. put in there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Unless you're a fan of Myra and Honor Society. That's true. super the exciting. Yeah. <laughs> If we hit the sweet spot for somebody right there, they're just like, yes! <laughs> Finally, they mention the Honor Society. Oh. Why is Stone Snagglepuss a fan of the Honor Society? They're my favorite band. God damn it. That took a... <laughs> Not only was it Stone Snagglepuss, but I was taking a drink. <laughs> All right, so movies. Cobra is number one in the land, knocking off Top Gun. Uh, unrelated note, the sale of matches went up that day. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anybody remember his full name? Cobra? Cobra King? Jones? Con. No. Marion Cobretti. I'm not I am not surprised that you don't have to look that up. <laughs> he remembers the date he first got a job, so That's I'm true. not surprised. What was the date Cabretti first got a job? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, this week sees the release of Cobra, as we said, and Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. Not a fan of Poltergeist 2. Is it the one with the tequila worm with the face? All right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that. Don't you remember? Okay. Uh, There's this... (sighs) I can hear him typing right now. Yeah. (laughs) Break on through to the other side. Where the dad drinks the tequila worm and then he vomits it up and it turns into the preacher dude. Wow, that's very specific. I don't know. That's you cool. may be right. It's been so many years since I saw it, and I remember not liking it. I've never seen it. So if I... you look up Poltergeist tequila worm, <laughs> that is the first because he drinks he drinks the worm and the worm has like the you know the the psycho preacher from it. It has his face and he swallows it and then barfs it back up and the the character the creature the tequila worm creature was actually created by hr geiger the guy who did aliens wow yeah and a lot of very phallic artwork one of these days i want to go to that bar over in europe somewhere where it's all like (laughs) 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 all right so sterling hayden was a hollywood leading man who specialized in westerns and film noir such as johnny guitar Oh, man. Johnny Guitar with uh, Joan Crawford. And if you've ever played the Fallout series, you've heard the title track so many times. I will have to take your word for it, though. I don't know. I, I can't connect the two. I've played I've played uh, enough that, that I would know it, probably, but I don't can't just pick it out of my head. It might be New Vegas, but it seemed to me <clears throat> like on the official soundtrack, Johnny Guitar came up like every third song. Okay. Uh, he also did The Asphalt Jungle and The Killing... Later on, he became noted as a character actor for such roles as General Jack D. Ripper and his uh, precious bodily fluids from Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb and the Irish-American policeman Captain McCluskey in Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather. He died of prostate cancer on May 23rd. That's sad. Back when people died of prostate cancer. General Ripper was a great nowadays, character. One of the things that um, the oncologist told my dad when he was diagnosed with prostate cancer is that nowadays most men die with prostate cancer, not because of cause it. Right. Cause it, ha- it, it, it spreads so slowly. Ugh. Right. And if you are a guy and you live long enough, you're virtually guaranteed to eventually get it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Ooh, something to look forward to. Yeah. Tuck that one away. <laughs> uh, so Literally. Not, yeah. Bucket list. 1986, I just tossed this in there because as a whole, 1986 was awesome for movies. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Top Gun, Stand By Me, Aliens, Pretty in Pink, Platoon, Labyrinth, Highlander, Blue Velvet, (laughs) Uh, Big Trouble in Little China, you know, The Fly, Little Shop of Horrors, Money Pit, Three Amigos, there are so many just really good and howard the duck i was gonna say you we are going to get a call if you don't mention <laughs> i <Howard> know <laughs> <laughs> oh and flight of the navigator yeah i mean just 1986 had just a barrage of really great good movies so just tossing that out there uh tv the top shows are the cosby show family ties cheers and who's the boss comedy lineup yeah that's pretty much straight by the numbers yeah angela <laughs> boner 
the show where they had to name Tony Danza Tony because he couldn't remember his name otherwise. <laughs> Samantha. He, he was named Sam, but every time they called his name, he wouldn't re- respond at all. Okay, I have another J memory because of this. There was there was a game I was playing. I forget the name of the game, but it's one of those I was playing with Will. Um, Will was on my side. Jane and Amanda were playing opposite oh, us. Oh, this story is great. And we're, the, the object of the game is you pull you pull out a, a tab, and there's somebody's name or a person or a place or something on there, and you have to say one phrase to your your teammate to get them to guess who the uh, character is. But if the opposing team can guess it before you, they win the point. Okay? Okay. okay. So Will pulls a tab, turns to me and goes, now, okay, before I say this, Jay and Amanda are losing horribly because Will, Will and I play in a game together at some point where we can like, just like look at each other and figure it out. And words don't need to be spoken. What Will pulls out the chip, looks at me and goes, who's the boss? Jay stands up, slaps his hand on the table and goes, Tony Danza! <laughs> <laughs> and I look at Will and go, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and then Jay had an aneurysm. <laughs> it was, it uh, was fantastic, and we never played that game again. Um, so, speaking of games, it's a bad day for game shows on May twenty third, as the Joker's Wild, Tic Tac Doe, and the all new Let's Make a Deal are all canceled. And nothing of value was lost. Oh come on, Tic Tac Doe <laughs> is hilarious. The Joker's Wild. Yeah. I'm not real big on the Joker's Wild. I'm more of a tic-tac-toe guy. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really crazy about any of them. I like the original Make it, Let's Make a Deal. No way, me, no way, me, no way, me, no way, me. Stop. Yeah, like my first loyalty will always be to the prices, right? That has absolutely nothing to do with any of the games we're talking about. Yeah, nope. no, that was pressure luck. <laughs> I know. I know it was. I'm just okay, throwing just, out just, game shows that I liked. <laughs> just wanted to contribute, huh? <laughs> All right, so uh, Eric Lloyd was born May 19th, is an actor, comedian, musician, and producer best known for his work as a child actor in The Santa Claus, which we've discovered. Which is not a modern movie. (laughs) Which is made before 2000. (laughs) Uh, The trilogy, and as Little John in the TV series, Jesse. He was cast as a young Fred Savage in episodes of The Wonder Years, and his film credits include Batman and Robin, Dunstan Checks In, (laughs) The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars, The Brave Little Toaster... To the rescue. I was waiting for him to be dead. This is going to be wildly off track, but talking about the Santa Claus reminded me of something that I just learned this week about a classic film. Did you guys know that A Christmas Story had a bunch of sequels where they just changed the cast every time? What? I knew there was at least one, but I didn't know about more than one. What are the the other sequels? I I just learned about them. uh, So, uh, Ralphie Christmas. I'm looking it up. My Summer Story was one of them. Yeah, and uh, that was... Then there was My Summer Story and Ollie Hopnoodle's Haven of Bliss. That was the one I was trying to remember, was Ollie Hopnoodle. That doesn't sound like something I'd equate to uh, Christmas Story. Christmas Story 2, it runs in the family. Jesus, Pete. Yeah, they just, I I guess they were based on books or something. But yeah, there are all collaborations of uh, Bob Clark and Gene Shepard. Hmm. But yeah, the only uh, returning cast member is Ralphie's teacher, Miss Shield. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, eventually Ralphie's played by Kieran Culkin. Really? Yep. Huh. There he is right there. And there's, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Charles Grodin and Mrs. Ted Danson. I can't think of her name all of a sudden. Uh, Mary Steenburgen? 
Yes. That wow. <clears throat> not not that one. The other one. The good one. Uh, I like Whoopi Goldberg. But anyway, okay. yeah. moving on. Well, uh, May twenty second, Cher calls David Letterman as an asshole on his talk show during her first appearance. She wasn't wrong. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of his appeal uh, in some ways, if you're going to compare him to nice guy Johnny Carson. Yep. Oh, yeah. And Cher was... immediately wished she could turn back time. She could just find a way. Dude. Stop that. <laughs> All right, now you force me into sports. Uh, Mario Super Nintendo Chalmers. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nice. Point guard of the NBA champion Miami Heat was born May 19th. Ooh, the same as uh, the Fred Savage lookalike. And my sister. Oh, yeah. Uh, May 24th, the Montreal Canadiens beat the Calgary Flames four games to one for the NHL Stanley Cup. On May 27th, the game credited as setting the template for RPG video games Dragon Quest is released in Japan. Why is that in sports? Why is there no cricket? I didn't, couldn't find any cricket, and I figured that, that was something that should be discussed. And sports is the easiest place to put it. So. Yeah, I, okay. I'm all for that. I mean, walking back and forth, <clears throat> killing slimes for hours and hours to get to level five, that's almost <sighs> a sport. Grinding, 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 grinding. I have that on my phone. I don't know Man. why. I actually loved Dragon Quest, <coughs> despite the fact that it's virtually unplayable in mo- to modern audiences because of how grindy it is. It, it's it's cool. I, I actually take that back. I got it on my phone. I, I remember hating it when I was playing it as in on the NES because it was just, let's spend the afternoon killing slimes. Because well, it's not quite as fun as, as you know, selling walls to people. <laughs> <laughs> it also has the one of the most egregious examples of illusion of player choice. You get to uh, almost the end of the game, and it's, will you marry the princess? Yes, no. And if you select no, it says, but thou must. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to yes, no. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't yeah, know that. That is pretty funny. It's a blunderbuss wedding. <laughs> nah, yeah. I see what you did there. Now, t- say, and that being said, they definitely did up their game later on. Dragon Quest games now are a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like the traditional JRPG, it defined the genre that wasn't really... The next big game changer was probably Final Fantasies. 1986? Yeah, probably. So, that's the Twee this weekend. Twee! Now... Yay! Wait, in the new games, do you still kill slimes? Oh, yeah. Slimes. In fact, I don't know if i still have it they actually made a controller for the ps2 that was actually a slime <laughs> and you turn and it upside you, down and the controllers were on the bottom and if you broke it did you get extra points or something no it actually was really comfortable to hold it's mm. like, it kind of squishy like firm but yielding <laughs> like a bag like of a, sand <laughs> damn it <laughs> he got there before i could why right. do they say pick a sand? So, uh, jobs. All of us have them most of the time. You need them. It kind of sucks sometimes. They're kind of awesome sometimes. But uh, we decided we're going to talk about employment, places we've been employed this year. So, just talking back then. I mean, there's More no... this year. Well, this week. Wow. Yeah. Um. So, going back to the then. Pat, before you were sniffing waffle cones, <laughs> when you were a kid, what was your dream job? Do you remember? Uh, I wanted to either be a doctor, an astronaut, or a fireman. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Doctor, astronaut, cat. <laughs> Fire truck. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine you in any of those jobs. 
Yep. I can I can hear you being a fireman. There's a lot of screaming involved. <laughs> Doctor is the one that I that I was actually going to be before at the very at the very last minute I changed in high school. Yeah. I'm trying to picture that. I mean, with your head for facts, I mean it makes sense. I mean you would <laughs> As well, far I, was, as I was I was going uh, I was going to go to Texas A and M uh, to be uh, to study animal husbandry and probably end up being a zoologist. So, oh. what about you? Why Josh? have I never heard this before? I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. Be- because and then, uh, my, stopped listening up until my senior year of high school. That's what I was going to do, and then I, at the last minute, decided I was going to go to Concordia. And then it all happened. <laughs> yep, you're stuck with us now. Yeah. So uh, I could have been a rich jet-setting gorilla. Doctor or something, but no. Nope. <laughs> gorilla doctor? Uh, maybe I could have saved that gorilla in the Cincinnati Zoo. Think about that. Oh, no. In a different universe. <laughs> All right. What about you, Josh? I think, uh, I, I think I may have gotten a little bit off topic. A little bit, yeah. For me, uh, for a long time, I wanted to be an archaeologist. Hmm. Because of Raiders? Partially because of Indiana Jones. <laughs> but, like, I also had an interest in history. Uh, I was unusually interested in, like, uh, South and Central American cultures for a young kid. Uh, went to Arizona and uh, dug up arrowheads, etc. And it just got to a point where even Earth science, in order to actually get a degree to work in that field, you just had to take so much math I was incapable of that was something I just had to, like, let go by the wayside. Hmm. I, I could probably hack the Earth science. I could <clears throat> definitely hack the history. Just couldn't do the math. Huh. <laughs> Sorry, that was just yeah. How much math is involved? Well, it's not how much math is involved in the field. It's that you're taking a bachelor of science degree for a master's in science, PhD, etc. And or in order to get a BS, you need advanced math credits. Gotcha. Oh, as someone nice. who's yeah, I struggled with algebra too. I always talk about how my uh, ACT score was like in the mid 30s because it was 36, 36, 35, and then I got to the math and it was 12. Yeah, I never passed algebra. I took it three times. I was terrible at math, so I married a math major. <laughs> there you go. Works out. Yeah. And I took calculus for fun because I was a, a cocky shit. Was? I only needed one math credit, and I was like, fuck it, I'll take calculus. <laughs> was? I, is that what I heard you say? That's exactly Shut what you heard. Too. Shut up. <laughs> he said math, not English. Yeah, true. <laughs> Joel, what about you? Ah, good point. Ah, zing. Um... When I was when I was younger, I, I I was so into art that I wanted to do something artistic. Um, but the other thing that I was really passionate about was was the planets and the stars. So I thought about being, you know, an astronomer um, or something to do with space. We could have but, been astronaut buddies together, right? We could have gone. I would have been on ground control. You could have been Major Tom. Been fighting oh. fighters in space. <laughs> right, you could have been a firefighter in space. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't no have been a pothead in space. <laughs> Um, That's why I didn't Joel, end up going because you can't if, light a joint in space. <laughs> if only Joel had combined his interests, he could have been one of those guys that paints solar systems on the side of vans. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you could I do could like the play. Europe album, man. Totally. <laughs> but I love dinosaurs. But I never dreamed of being a paleontologist. So yeah, I'm I, astronomer. Really was kind of the way I was headed for uh, a while until I uh, got into high school. Hmm. But he did dream about being a stegosaurus. I did. Well, Not. that was a literal dream. He had like, he had to go to counseling for that. You ever take any advanced astronomy classes, Joel? <clears throat> no. No. I was all in grade school and, and stuff. I yeah. actually took honors astronomy, and it was, no joke, the hardest class I ever tried to take. I had to drop it after four days because I'm like, I could put all of my effort and all of my 
considerable mental energy into this, and I would still like pass with a D plus or a C minus. You know, it's funny. The hardest class I ever took was botany, and it's because the professor had a really thick Indian accent and a lisp. No joke. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> it was impossible to understand him. So anyway, what about you, Mike? <laughs> Once again, I don't know where to take that. That's, that was not, that's dead serious. Um, oh. I was going to be a brain surgeon in Hawaii. That was my dream job as a kid. I'm going to be a brain surgeon. I'm going to live in Hawaii. Are I am not joking? a brain surgeon, and I've never even been to Hawaii. Uh, however, my parents did, in I guess in supporting me, bought me a, Ho- a University of Hawaii sweatshirt, which was uh, shortly then stolen by a girlfriend. I thought they were going to say they bought you like a set of brains to work on. Well, One yeah. Of your girlfriends or somebody else's girlfriend? No, nah, my girlfriend, yeah. But same Carrie, you know. Carrie? Maybe. So fairy? Yeah. If you still I, have I, it, man, send it back. I kind of missed that thing. So, <laughs> if you're I, listening. That's crazy. That's so specific. I know, right? They're like, that's... what do you want to be? I want to be a brain surgeon in Hawaii. And my dad, of course, my dad being the pragmatic guy he is, he's like, are there very many brain surgery centers in Hawaii? <laughs> I'm going to start the first <laughs> that's one. exactly right. Well, I'm going to start one. We're going to get you a sweater, and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> you're yeah, that's all the support you're going to get in this. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm gonna, I want to be a brain surgeon in Hawaii, and all my parents got me was a stupid T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make you that shirt. <laughs> this is the closest you're getting to your dreams. Oh, and then so, you lost the sweatshirt. Now yeah. go hang the carcass. <laughs> so, there we go. And we broke bad. Brother. Oh, so, man, this turned dark. I know, right? So let's get on. Let's move on to this. Okay, Pat, we know what your first job was a waffle sniffer. Yes. <laughs> Joel, what was your first job? Uh, well, my, my first real, like, well, my first job before I got my real job was uh, a friend of the family owned a, a, a bunch of, uh, he was like a, a commercial real estate guy. And all the lots that he had for his commercial real estate, they, he would have people come in and clean them. Well, I was 14 at the time. And hadn't found a job yet, so I would go and clean parking lots like the Serp K and stuff for 40 bucks under the table cash. Um, but then my official first job that was paying taxes and everything was uh, working at Little Caesars Pizza. Pizza, pizza. Yeah, I, I worked, uh, I made pizzas and then I worked the register later on and uh, eventually quit because they wanted me to cut my hair. <laughs> True story. I refused to ever get a job at a pizza place because after. Like learning to hate ice cream and waffle cones, I, re- I was like, I'm not going to hate pizza. No, I can't do it. So yeah, I worked at a ton of restaurants, but never worked in a pizza place. Good, good move. You so. know, I mean, it, it it wasn't that bad. I mean, it's not like I after I left, I didn't want pizza because we would like tailor. Well, I mean, it was Little Caesars, so you weren't really making well, pizza. So. The yeah. stuff they had there. This was back when Little Caesars was still decent, and um, before they became just cardboard with ketchup on it. But oh, we used to make our own. Bad pizzas um it's not that know. good and i so i i liked it for because i'd get all the pizza i wanted basically so. is this in the era of the pizza pizza i don't believe so no they had like the the sauces you could put on the pizza like the garlic butter sauce and stuff and they had like the square pan pizzas not just the round ones nice so the deep dish anyway josh first job my first job uh, was the one I had when most of you would have met me, although I didn't necessarily advertise it. I was a stock or, or boy. Go. Huh? I said, no, I went. Go. 
it was I was a stock boy, and later I ended up uh, doing demolitions and takedown for the store when it closed, and the store was Joanne Fabrics. What? Yep, <laughs> in Oak Park. Really? Yep. Uh, there was a Joanne Fabrics. Oh, you were wise to hide that from us. I can't. Oh, yeah. I can't see why he's never brought this up. <laughs> I thought he was going to say he was in Gonzo porn. Not only did I uh, do all the stocking, but when the Lake Street Oak Park location closed, uh, you had a bunch of little old ladies on staff and me, and uh, they needed to like dismantle all of the different fixtures and get everything into a giant dumpster. So it was basically like. I went to work with a screwdriver and a sledgehammer. Came and home with a little part. old lady. Did you get any? Fabric. <laughs> Hard candy. No. They were little old wow. ladies. Anyway, that really a blowtorch. got weird. What about you, Mike? My first job, I, I had alluded to this last week. My first job I obtained while wearing biker shorts. Um, I actually did not have a job until after I graduated high school, mainly because my high school was so far away from my house that I... Most of my day was in transit. But um, after I graduated, I was apparently, again, pissed off my mom, just because that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> we were at the video store, and we had gone, We uh, believe it or not, we went to the video store so much, this little independent place called Video Villa, that we knew the uh, owners. And uh, it was the, we got into a fight at the, sto- at the store. We got in a fight there? And she just turns to Joe, or Lou, the owner, and it's like, Lou, what? Give my son a job. And he looks at me, goes, all right, 6 o'clock Monday. And that was it. And then I had a job. And I worked there for two and a half years. Right. Yeah. Um, and it actually was kind of kind of weird because here's here's kind of a uh, strange kind of... you have to give your mom 10% like as your agent? Yeah. Well, yeah. No. No. <laughs> but the best thing about it was that free movies, man. Check right. out whatever you want. There were days, because eventually, after like six months, they made me manager of another one of the branches that was in Naperville. And <clears throat> I had keys, close the place down, and I would take home four or five movies at a time, go home, make myself a pizza, or get a pizza on the way home, and just watch movies all night long, because I didn't have to be back till noon the next day. Hey, that sounds familiar. Like when I was working at Circle Video and <clears throat> used to bring home movies for everybody, bagfuls. At the yeah. house when we were living at the uh, the house. Yeah, and it was and uh, the owners were I don't remember the last name, but it was Lou and Joe, uh, an Italian couple. Go figure. And they were they were awesome. It was you know they had events and that sort of thing. I would you know they would we would dress up as things and stand on the side of the road and wave at people. It was really kind of like this nice homey, family oriented thing. Uh, when the uh, porn movies would come in, uh, Lou and I would be unpacking them in the back and just laughing at the titles. I mean that was one of the one of the little joys of the job of unpacking those and just going over the titles back then. Uh but a little weirdness. I wound up quitting it and never really came back because we had, you know, shortly after that moved things moved on. And I'd never seen Lure Joe again. Until we're at the hospital in one of the rooms and this lady comes in and she's restocking things and setting things up for the nurse and nurse's assistant comes in and my mom and I are looking at her we're like yeah, just like that. <laughs> um, my mom and I were looking at it and we're like, Joe? And it was the owner of the video store that gave me my first job. Wow. That was restocking the room that my grandmother was dying in. Oh, <laughs> So that cool. was kind of like, hey, Joe, it's so good to see you. <laughs> I don't mind if I don't talk much, but no, I, she was still really sweet. You know, really, I mean, immediately upon we making full-on eye contact... We knew exactly who we were, talked for a while. It was really cool. You know, it was, 
we don't talk about all the fun times that we had there. So it was a really great first job. I mean, taking uh, you know, taking videos home every night. I to this day that's sort of like uh, popcorn smell almost makes me Ralph because we used to make popcorn Aww. all the time. But same here, actually. That's from my years of bartending. Oh yeah, that from that tabletop popcorn machine. Yep. That yeah. every every <laughs> night some waitress would leave a batch in there and it would burn. Yeah. Every oh really? Night. Oh yeah. yeah. And then the one of the one of the things about this was this is back when uh, video stores still had porn sections, as I had mentioned, and we had there was this we just called them the old men. They would come in first thing in the morning when we would open the store at nine or ten o'clock, rent three pornos, leave, and return them before two o'clock. <laughs> So they just went on a porn marathon. Yeah, they would back. just go home. Well, while the wife was off doing something. Exactly. So it would be like one of those where they come back, I just want to return those. I'm like, you just leave those right on the table there. That's fine. Dude, we had such down. a similar experience. Because that, that very, very similar at at Circle, too. We had a porn section, and the people would come in, and they'd say, you know, they, these same, same people would come in and be like, can I see the newest releases? And they'd t- have you turn the monitor around so they could look at what the newest releases were. But Did, the the... Oh, go ahead. The, the creepiest one, though, that I, I've, I've told you guys about before, but there was this dude. He's about 6'6", and looked like he was a gamer of some sort, uh, just by the way he dressed. But he, he would always come in, and he rented two things every time he came in. One of the Faces of Death series and a porn every <sighs> single time. That, you just got to hope he didn't have two TVs at home next to each other. Yeah, that's... See, the, the, one of the worst things about having the porn section at the video store was having... We had people that would, would reserve them. That they'd be like, oh, this isn't here. I, knew, I And they come up to the table, I want to reserve so-and-so. I want to reserve Hot Leather Slapping Asses 6. <laughs> and Dude, I'm like, so did 1 through 5 not do it for you? I mean, was that <laughs> seriously? I mean, there's 10 more. Can I, can I reserve Stanky Hose Like It in the Pooper, number 12? Well, the worst part is that you're up at the front desk and you have you have to call the reserves in. So when the reserves would come in, we put the name on there and I'd have to go through them. Hello, this is Mike at Video Villa. Just calling to let you know that your Stanky Hose Like It in the Ass, number 6, is <laughs> at the front desk for you. We'll hold it for It's 20. like that great scene in Clerks when Randall's yes. ordering all those movies. Yeah. And the other worst part was when there was one guy that would come in, and it's kind of like your dude. He would come in and rent the same movie three times a week, and it was hot trucking. I remember this. And it was a gay porn, one of the nastiest things that we had on the shelf. It was like like early 70s, I guess you'd call it vintage at this point. But the the tape was fuzzy, you know, not vid- not visually. I mean, it literally was fuzzy. <laughs> and so he comes in, checks it out. Before noon, returns it, and I'm, you know, I come in, he get take the return, put it in the box, spray the Lysol on it, and then I'm like, you know, later on, I'm like, I'm gonna go to Burger King and I'm gonna grab myself a, uh, food, and I'm gonna be right back. Okay, cool. You want anything? Okay, yeah, cool. So we take the money. I'm getting food for myself and the guy that I'm closing with. Drive to Burger King, pull in, step in line, and that dude is on the grill. Oh. And I'm just like, <laughs> it was nope. like that person's like, hi, what can we get you today? I'm like, absolutely nothing. Just turned around, came back, gave the guy his money back. I'm like, you are not going to want to know who's on the grill at that place. And I told him. And it got like wildfire through the store. I mean, everyone's just like, never go to Burger King ever again. (laughs) The two best titles I ever saw working there were Why Marines Don't Kiss and (laughs) Ouch! Exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) No Uh, joke. Mine was when Larry ate Sally. <laughs> and um, well, obviously there was Octopussy, and then Who Reamed Rosie Rabbit. 
My favorite one is, uh, but I poop from there. <laughs> That's uh, a kid's book, isn't it? <laughs> Every, no. Everybody poops from there. All right. Anyway, so, moving on. Worst job as a kid and worst job oh. in this era. Pre-2000. Pre-2000. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hmm. Oh. Now, don't, don't put it in the framework of now. But it's, a, it's a framework of then. What really sucked about whatever job you had back then? Uh, one summer, I worked uh, for a moving company, and moving people's house furniture, boxes, all that shit, in the middle of summer in Houston is not a, a fun chore. Ugh. But I was I looked pretty damn good at the end of that summer, though. <laughs> that would do it, wouldn't it? Man, I was in hella shape. Uh, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was in great shape. That was the best shape of my life, even better than when I was an athlete. Like at the end of that summer, I was, I was like buff and cut. Like, it was like two years saw. before you guys met me. <laughs> Jesus, what happened? Uh, those were hard two years. <laughs> <laughs> I started bartending. You know, yeah. Oh. Did it. <clears throat> what about you, Joel? Did you have a terrible... I mean, honestly, I've, I there's stuff about each one of my jobs that I liked, but I, I think I'd probably go back to Little Caesars just for, not the job itself necessarily, but just because of the fact that they had the dress code. Although there was one instance where I dropped a pizza that had just come out of the oven, and I wasn't thinking, and I grabbed it with my bare hands. Oh, Jesus. And I still don't have feeling in those two fingers. Damn. Oh, nice. Yeah. Gotta feel just like a stranger. Oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, Josh? My worst job of that era, man. You need to think about this for a little while? Yeah, yeah. Come back to me. Okay. okay. There, uh, well... Yeah, never mind. Are we just gonna like tell some just straight up stories later? Because I've got some. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm sure there'll be an. Uh, if we got time, yeah, yeah. The I worst. Got, I I got one that Jen Bowder could back me up on. Holy crap! <laughs> um, <laughs> the worst job I probably ever had was working for this. Working as there was a sandwich shop that opened up downtown Naperville. Now, if you're not from Illinois, you don't know what a sanctimonious. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, Naperville. <laughs> so this store was bought for this woman by her father because she wanted to run a restaurant. Um, I worked there with Elizabeth, my sister. Her and I together. They, she hired us both, which was probably her first mistake. <laughs> um, this was, we had one store manager who liked to tell us about her escapades with her husband the night before, which oh was boy. great. Um, Pat, I know you you and I have both been in food service. Every morning, I had to walk to the grocery store to buy lettuce for the sandwiches <laughs> because she didn't want to deal with distributors. Oh, are you serious? I'm serious. I would That's... go to the, I would, I would <sighs> restock the store by taking their credit card and going to the mom and pop grocery store at the end of the block. I mean, that's good for the mom and pop, but that's no way to run a business. No, not at all. And I brought that up to her. I was like, hey, you know what? They have these companies that will bring this to you much cheaper. <laughs> you know? Um, so the thing is, this was like a, like, it was like a baby project for this woman. And Elizabeth and I worked together. <clears throat> we had a great time when we were working together. You know, she was there. Nobody wanted to go underneath the floor to reinstall the, you know, to do the soda machine. So that was my job. Um, the problem was, is this is a woman who would occasionally go on the weekend on a trip and forget to pay people. So she would leave for vacation and take the money that she was supposed to have paid us and use it for the vacation and pay us on Monday. 
So this happened a couple times, and it was 4th of July weekend. This actually kind of goes into another question I put, because this is one of the best I quit moments that I've ever had. So I, uh, <clears throat> I'm i working uh, 4th of July weekend, downtown Naperville. It's about an hour and a half before the fireworks start, so we are packed, because we sold ice cream and sandwiches and everything else, too. And she calls to see how the, everything is going. And I'm like, well, to be honest, everybody's kind of aggravated at you because you left town and didn't pay us. So nobody has any money for this holiday weekend. And I had brought it up several times to her before. And she was apparently had broke her, you know, was a cam- straw on uh, camel's back thing. And here's a good rule of thumb. If you're going to fire somebody, don't do it over the phone 800 miles away. So she fired me. She's like, I think this is your last night. And I was like, are you firing me? Yes, I am. I took the phone, turned to my sister, who's working this huge crowd, and said, Elizabeth, I just got fired. She comes over, takes the phone from my hands, goes, I quit, and hands it back to me. Now I'm like, okay, that's two of us. One's fired, one's quit, and the other one is a 16-year-old girl left in the store. I'm like, we can't leave her here. We have to shut down. So... I hung up the phone, went over to the crowd, told them that we're shutting down, which everybody was upset about. Elizabeth worked the front door, made sure nobody else got in, but everybody else that was in the store got a free ice cream cone on us. We <laughs> en- on, on her, too. Yeah, pretty much. And like, everybody gets, you know, we're shutting down. What? But everybody gets a free ice cream cone. Yay! <laughs> and this poor girl is seeing all this going on, and she's like, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me here by myself. Please don't leave me. No, I'm like, we're not going to do that to you. Uh, we shut the place down, didn't clean anything up, left everything where it was, locked the doors, opened up the mail slot, threw the keys in, and uh, got in the car and drove home. And on the way home, Elizabeth goes, that felt really good. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, uh, we came back to get our paycheck, the two of us, and she told us we were never going to work in Naperville again. Ooh. And uh, now it's a subway. <laughs> It's been a subway for a long, long time. That's my long story. So anyway, that's it. All right. So my worst job, actually, I was living with uh, Pat and Joel at the time I got it, was uh, when I was hired for Jewel Osco. I was betting on this. (laughs) And part of it is because uh, they tricked me. They hired me for grocery. And before my first day, they said, uh, we've got uh, some shortages, so we want to move you over to front end. Now, I'd never worked in grocery before, so I had this image of, oh, I've just been promoted to, like, one of the people that works the customer service desk. This sounds like an easier job. I didn't know that front end meant uh, bagger and carts. Yeah. And, man, that that was not a good fit. I remember coming over and hearing music being played really loudly often. Yeah, I really hated that job. <laughs> yeah, I, you were not you were not a, a fun person to be around most of the time when you were working there. <laughs> Can't blame you though, because I I worked a grocery job and it was one of the easier ones you can work, and I still hated it. Yeah, tell yeah, me. Yeah, if I did that, I'd probably get sacked. Oh, dude. All right, now who's who's left? That's Pat? it. What? Uh, I, oh, I yeah. think Pat's worst job. Okay, yeah. best job. Wait, have we heard from Pat on his worst yeah, show? The, yeah, the it was mover. uh, the movers. Oh, right, 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 right. How about okay? It, it was it was fun, but uh, and I looked pretty damn good at the end of it. But man, it was brutal. Do we have a best job? Yes. Yeah. Um, Tell me. Well, I, I think my obvious answer here is is running Val's Hollow for six years, um, hands down, best job I, to this day. It's still the best job I've ever had because got to listen to music all day long. Got to hang out with you know 
Val and, and the other people that worked there that were all just really good people. Got a, all the uh, promotional CDs, so I got to take stuff home on a weekly basis uh, for free. Still got a huge collection because of that. Got to meet a lot of really great people that came in and um, just a lot of perks with the job. It was just a, a really good atmosphere. And, uh, you know, to this day, Val is still like a part of the family. So, yeah, she was at your wedding. Exactly. That was she fun. was there, Jason and, and Andy. And if you are in Oak Park on Harrison Avenue, you can go to Val's Hella. It is open to this day. Yeah. Since 1963. Josh? Best job. I mean, it's weird. Best job is practically going to spoil the entire second half because pre two thousand, uh, I would have started at the hobby town that was. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, selling games, uh, running uh, with Fred and Ann. I was the manager, hired on as assistant manager, and very quickly promoted to manager of the store. And I was there for close to ten years. God, really. Yeah, I, I I think the store was open for just over 10 years, and I was hired, got to be like a year and a half after it opened. I was the third manager. Okay. And, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember for the longest time, that was just where you were found, no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Where I ran my game. True. That was fun. So, yeah, I mean, I still, like, some of our listeners, many of our listeners are people who worked with me at... Uh, uh, Hobby Town. I mean, uh, Joe Abereno, who uh, calls in and did our graphics for the show. Yeah, he he was a Hobby Town guy. Yeah. He did Bill my Sullivan. graphics for my truck too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember, uh, I worked just down the street with from you at uh, Caribou Coffee. Oh yeah. Used to go out to lunch with you all the time. That was that was actually a pretty sweet setup we had there, man. That was, you know, nice little ecosystem we had. Well, and it got to the point where I ended up eating many, many times at every single restaurant you could walk to from Lake and Harlem in Oak Park. Yeah, just cause which I, is a lot. Yeah. Econic. Even the places like three, four blocks away, closer down towards Val's, I had just eaten there so many times. Yeah, and you could get anything, any kind of food you wanted was within walking distance, basically. Yeah, that was awesome. Literally. I missed that. Even Oak Tasty Frog. Yeah, I'll talk more about Hobby Town when we get to the second half, since it, it was so much of my work history. Yeah. Now, did any of you have? I have. Well, did any of you have a good quitting? <laughs> oh, I think Pat's got a story. Um, I've I've quit several different jobs, but probably the no. absolute, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the best quitting I ever did was uh, a steakhouse here in Houston. Actually, um, there's a thing that's known among people that work in restaurants and stuff that happens sometimes when you work like a party it's called getting double tipped where like you include a gratuity and then they give you a tip on top because they don't realize the gratuity is in there and it's kind of like you know this this unspoken thing like if somebody does it no everybody's like oh don't tell them they did it you know you're getting twice the money and it's pretty kind of it's kind of unethical and i was working this party with this one girl and we got double tipped like that and we w- actually went up to the secretary who um signed the bill and everything cuz it was a, a a big law firm party and it was an extra 90 dollars and something and we told her we're like we're like you know this was a double tip the gratuity was already included you didn't need to tip us again so we did our job and she said oh don't worry about it he's never you know he's never going to even care about it he's not even going to notice it in the total of the bill just keep it. And she's like, thanks for telling me. Just keep it. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. So um, the paperwork goes through, and then the general manager sees it at the end of the week or whatever and calls the lawyer up and tells him about it. And the lawyer's like, oh, well, thanks for telling me. You know, just give him an extra $20 each and take the rest or whatever. Take the rest off. 
And so, oh no! So the tip must have been like 110 each because um, it was 90 dollars that the, one of the managers came up to me and told 90 dollars in change. They came up to me and told me that I owed them. I was like, "Why do I owe you that money?" And they're like, then they told me, "Oh well, you know, the general manager called up the, the lawyer and told him, and they took you." Know, and I was like, "Well, that shouldn't have happened." And he's like, "Well, we all know that it's a you know a dirty thing." I was, I was like, "Yeah, but I did my job, and we brought it up to her, and she said, go ahead and keep it.' So you basically just stole 90 dollars from me." And then he's like, "Well, that's not the way it is. That's not the way you see it." And I just walked away from him onto the floor because this was happening back in the kitchen. And I walked away from him onto the floor and he followed me out onto the floor and pulled me aside into one of the other wait stations and was trying to argue with me in the middle of the floor. And I just told, you know, I was like, I was like, I'm, you know, I, I, I told him that it was a bunch of bullshit. You know, and he's like, oh, don't cuss at me. You cited, you know, and we started arguing even louder. <laughs> and I just walked out into the middle of the floor in the middle of the restaurant and he followed me, trying to argue with me as I'm walking up to my table. So I just turned around in the middle of the in the middle of my section and untied my apron and threw it in his face and walked out. <laughs> oh. So that was that was my favorite quitting story. Wow, like, that right, right in the middle good. of the dinner shift, just throw the apron in the guy's face and walk out the door. Nice. Yep. I, huh. I mean, I, I'm going to have to default back to the Little Caesars thing, just. Because it, it, at that point, it it didn't matter, you know, whether I had that job or not, really. So it was just nice to say, nope, not going to do it. See you later. Have fun. Bye. Josh, what about you, man? Uh, probably for me, the best quitting story was when I quit my student employment at Concordia. <laughs> um, because, I, and I will admit, I was not a model employee. Uh, I was an AV guy, which meant I technically worked for the library. And frequently, since we had keys to everywhere, I'd spend shifts exploring areas that I had keys to that I had no business being in. Uh, me and Joel, uh, who was working housekeeping, a couple of the security guards would goof off for a couple hours. Yeah. Uh, I had a pager, so like if something actually had to be done, they could get to me. But like as the time went on, uh, the atmosphere at the library just really really changed and got kind of negative and it got to the point where i we moved off campus and i'd go home with my pager like i'd go back to the apartment in forest park with a pager <laughs> and uh that summer which would have been a summer i wasn't in the fall going to be returning to concordia but i was still working as student employment over the summer um uh, the manager, who I'm not going to name because uh, a lot of people who listen to the show probably know her, and I know, Pat, you worked for her. Yep. She uh, called me at the apartment uh, f- when she was on vacation to detail everything I had to do while she was gone, uh, how much paperwork I had to do proving what I did for my whole shift, and uh, how many changes there were going to be when she got back. And I said to her, you're on vacation, and uh, we're kind of shorthanded, huh? Well, I'm headed back to the security desk. I'm dropping off my keys, and I'm dropping off my pager. Uh, good luck on your vacation uh, filling the staff at the library with three people. <laughs> See? Don't fire. Don't yeah, go on you vacation. Do not fire, or you do not lay down the law while you're short-staffed and on vacation. Right. See? You're I, fi- what are I, you going to do? Do you guys, re- do you guys remember uh, how I left Phil's sports bar? In mm. flames? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's still um, there. I know. He came up, uh, Phil came up to me one day and told, you know, and this was at the beginning of a bartending shift that I'm working. Comes up to me and tells me at the beginning of a Friday shift, this is going to be your last bartending shift. I'm going to put you on door from now on because I want all female bartenders from now on. 
So everybody drank free Friday night. <laughs> and I made like $600 in tips. Nice. And I never went back. That's fantastic. And again, bad planning all around. Yeah. Why the would place you? was a hole. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like he was known for good business decisions to begin with, but... Oh, that's fantastic. What about any WTF jobs? Do you have any, like, just what the hell was I thinking jobs? There was a restaurant I worked at down here in, in Houston. Uh, the first restaurant I got a job in, when I got down here, it was a steakhouse. And it was just brand new opening, and I got a job as one of the captains. I think and I know this story. <laughs> I I could not even begin to describe how incompetent these guys were that owned this place. And the only way that I can describe just how bad it was was it had to have been a cover for drug smuggling. <laughs> because these guys did not know what they were doing and did not... I mean, they they opened up the first night and we didn't have any espresso cups, yet they insisted that I serve espresso in rocks glasses. What? And, what? and I was like, you can't do that. People, what? Will, people will burn themselves. What are you, you talking... <laughs> my brain. My brain is breaking by you saying that. Why would you do that? <laughs> and I mean, that's just one tiny example of like just... Little things all the time, like they, you know, they opened up the bar and the only garnish we had for anything was lemons. There were no other garnishes. <laughs> was this was this the place that told the kitchen staff that they were going to pay everybody a dollar less? That, yep, that's that's one of the, my favorite. A dollar what? Just no, 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 no. They, so, so we'd we'd been working, going through all the training, all the opening stuff, all everything, learning the menu, learning everything for like a good four weeks and we hadn't gotten paid at all yet nobody had gotten any checks and it's like second day after opening day in the middle of the shift i go into the kitchen to turn in an order and i notice there's no cooks anywhere at any of their stations and i and i look at the the, the expediter and i'm like what's going on and he says oh and he points to the back where george the owner is back there and he's got all the chefs at a little meeting and i'm like is this the right time to do this in the middle of dinner He's over there telling them the checks that we promised that we were going to give you tonight, we're not going to have for another week. And so they all just kind of look at each other and go, well, we're done here. (laughs) And they just walk out in the middle of a Saturday night. And, you know, like three of us servers jump back behind there, cook all the tickets that are on, you know, uh, uh, that are up. The the, um, hosts are telling everybody that come to the door, sorry, you know, machines broke or whatever. We can't seat anybody. Some of those people being my parents, they showed up for dinner that night. <laughs> they, oh, sorry, the grill broke. <laughs> my parents were like, what? <laughs> my, their grandmother took bad acid and hijacked a bus full of penguins. Exactly. Hijacked a bus full of penguins. So we get back there and we, we cook all the, all the tickets that are up, get, every, get all the food out, get everything done. And we're just like, Jesus. And we all go to the bar and we're just standing there kind of drinking a beer going, well, that's fun. What are we going to do now? When all, all the managers come in to the bar and tell us, all right, guys, get back behind there. We're going to open the doors again. <laughs> and that's when we're like, okay, we're done here. Yeah, we just all walk out. We're like, nope, done. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I had, I had it, it's not really a, a what the hell job, but some of the situations that I was in, I used to work for a bank. It doesn't exist anymore. It was called First Star Bank. I, you cannot. If you wanted to rob us, you probably could have with absolutely no problem whatsoever. I mean, w- just, just pull into the drive-through with a note. Yeah, I'm robbing you, and they just fill up the little container. <laughs> well, I mean, it was like just some of the stuff they like. Mike, what the drive-through needs more coin. I'm like, okay, cool. There's 
there, you know, we'll go through the, and when I first got there, I knew there was a tunnel that went underneath the parking lot upstairs to the, to the, uh, to the drive-thru. Because obviously, if you're carrying $5,000 in coin and $10,000 in cash, there's no way they would give you a little wagon and tell you to walk across the parking lot. <laughs> but damn I if that's, that's, that's what I was doing. <laughs> I'm like, all right, so cool. I'm going to take this downstairs. I'll just go to the elevator and we'll, you know, get one of the guards who'll walk me to the elevator. And I'll go in the tunnel. They're like, oh, no, the tunnel, you can't go through the tunnel. Well, why not? Well, we, we, it's, it's, You're not lock- authorized. it's, it's locked. Like, we have got <laughs> nothing but keys. How can you not have a key to this door? Yeah. Our whole world is keys. Yeah, this is absolutely. I've got six keys on my on my belt right now, and I'm just a friggin' teller. What are you doing? <laughs> so I they would load up this wagon, and it wasn't really a wagon; it was more like a, pla- a a rack platform that had wheels on it, and it had these little hooks. You, it didn't even have a handle that was attached. It was one of those things where it had two hooks, and you hooked them on there, and you would pull it. So I'm pulling this. They're like, "Okay, we just want you to take this across to the to the drive through, and you know, get this to them." And I'm just like. I can't even begin to believe how bad of an idea this is. <laughs> well, I'm out there, and the thing was, the, the drive-thru was at the top of a hill, but the way that they had it set up was you kind of had to walk up around the back of the drive-thru and then back down the hill to get to the door. So it was kind of like a this weird little jog. Well, the first time I did it, the reason I remember this, because I'm pulling this, it, quarters are heavy. Yeah. Coin okay. is heavy, man. Yeah. And I'm pulling this thing. Oh, God, it's heavy. You know, pulling this up this hill. All right, cool. I'm going to go down the hill. I'm going to go unlock. And I'm looking at my belt, looking for the right, you know, pass key to get into the drive through. And suddenly the cart gets really light. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing was, now that I'm going downhill, the cart just kind of went, I'm free. <laughs> so. So next thing you know, running right through the middle of the drive-thru is Mike chasing after about 20 grand in coin and bills before it rolls out onto Jackson Avenue over in town, over there. And that was, that, I wasn't there for that long either. That was, that was a short stint also. But uh, Joel, did you, what was your WTF? Did you have one? Uh, mine probably would be something from the now. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So do you want to, uh, oh. Josh? Yeah, I, I actually had one. Uh, I got a job with a temp agency very, very briefly, and they placed me at the Department of Veterans Affairs. And it was a basic office kind of job, but I was going to be working with these files where they had to temporarily give me security clearance. <laughs> and I worked for like three shifts, and uh, I remember it was in the middle of winter. I slipped and hurt myself uh, go, getting ready to go to work. I didn't have a car at the time, and uh, I took a real hard spill on the ice, and I called. I was like, I, I can't – I called the temp agency. I was like, I don't have a, a phone number for the department where I'm supposed to be going. I'm placed there, and uh, I can't make it in. I fell on some ice. And they're like, well, if you don't make it, you're fired. I was just like, well, fuck you then. <laughs> I mean, and I never got a check from them, never got another placement. Yeah, it was just like, yep, three days of work, uh, got the clearance, worked with the files, never got paid. See, I bet with uh, interest, you might have a good little case there. Assuming the temp agency in question is still even in business. I actually looked because you're supposed to be able to search for money that's in your name. Yeah. Nah, it's not out there. They never cut a check. Oh, that's terrible. All right, so we uh, want to take a little break here. We'll get to the now then? 
Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about employment history, WTF jobs, best jobs, worst jobs from uh, post-2000 all the way up to the current day. Right on. Work, work, work. Ticker gerbs. Whoa. More work. Right, welcome back. We are still talking about jobs that we are in the now. We are post two thousand and uh, chatting about uh, you know some of the jobs that we've had now that we're quote unquote adults. Okay, before we get to the official questions, let's just get a system check for everybody at the crossover point, like ninety nine to two thousand. What job were we all in at that point? At two thousand? Yeah. Uh, I know. I sprung one on you. I was at um, <clears throat> Valhalla, and I made the transition from that to the internet company that Pat and I worked at together in, I think that was, what, 2001? Yeah, hmm. somewhere around there, yeah. So that's where I transitioned from one to the other. I did both for a while, but... I was yeah. working for Wizards of the Coast and running some of the retail stores. Yeah, I was, I was, as Joel just said, I was working for Classified Ventures. It was the, they're the parent company for cars.com and apartments.com and a bunch of other websites. And I was working in ad trafficking for them. And then, um, I was also working for, uh, for the caterer that I worked for for decades up in Chicago. And I was also bartending at, um, Famous Dave's. Hmm. Was that the department we were in? Famous Dave? I was in ad trafficking. You were in customer service. I was in customer service when you started, and I had taken a promotion into ad trafficking. But we actually didn't talk to customers. We talked to advertisers, well, newspapers and whatnot. Right, yeah. It was client services more than it right. was. But, I mean, uh, the company being what it was, we didn't have any actual like customers. It was right. just people that used our services. So mm-hmm. they would call in when there were problems. Yeah. Yep. We were still considered CSRs, though. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I remember exactly where I was at the uh, crossover because I had been at Hobbytown already uh, close to three years. And uh, I ended up not being able to drink on New Year's Eve 1999 because the day before New Year's Eve, Joe Aberano, myself, and the boss of Hobbytown, uh, Fred, uh, we all went to uh, Poor Phil's. And we started after work. I think we'd closed the store down at about seven, eight o'clock. And uh, we were still there hoisting beers when they had all of the chairs up on the tables. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, Fred picked up the tab. I mean, we started with like crab legs and a full dinner, but we just kept drinking Hefeweizen's. Oh, God, I lost count after a dozen. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was so hungover on New Year's Eve 1999 that I. I was still feeling queasy as I uh, made my way into professional year 2000. <laughs> I, I worked a catering job the night of Y2K. I, I remember being out there, and like uh, I was with Angela at the time, and she was all concerned. She's like, if anything bad happens, you know, come home. And I was like, well, I'm going to be in the middle of a wedding or something, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably not going to know anything's going on outside. Yeah, I'll probably be the last to know. <laughs> exactly. Right. The guy, the guy in the kitchen is the last one to find out anything's going on. Wait, the party's over? Yes, exactly. The end of the world has happened. Oh, do I get paid? You, you only notice because the plates start piling up in the window. <laughs> right. Is no one going to take this out? Where's the runners? <laughs> All right. So, let's dig into the questions. We already know what our first job. So, what has been your longest held job so far that would do you, do you mean part-time or full-time because i'll answer both because yes. they're going to be, both be pretty fast yeah part-time would be uh the, the catering carol's events staffing that i worked for the caterer 
uh, that I worked part time for her for about twelve years. Um, wow. And and yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and then um, the longest job that I held that was full time was working for Lodge Management, the nightclubs down on Division Street there in Chicago. Did that for about five years. Yeah, that was the hang up and the yeah all that hang up and bootleggers and mothers too and the lodge yeah Pippins and streeters and all those places that, that was that was probably honestly my most fun job I've ever had period working in those bars that was kind of awesome because at that time when you were working there I was still kind we were still living in Oak Park and that was when I was working at the Hancock Center for uh, yep. Bank One could stop by I'd stop by see him hey Pat how you doing he just slam a glass in front of me drink it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there were times at the hang-up where uh, they were short-staffed, and one of us would show up. It's like, uh, Josh, you're checking IDs. You're drinking free tonight once you're done. It's like, okay, I'm suddenly a bouncer. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. You, you're out of here. What did I do? I don't know. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't know, but nobody is fucked up yet, so I want to throw somebody out. <laughs> uh, oh. Joel, longest held. For me, the longest had, ha, held job I had was at, at Valsala, kept coming in at six <clears> years. Um, and I worked at the blood center full time and then went to part time on and off for about seven years on and off, but that wasn't full time the entire time. So I kind of like Pat, you know, mm. full and part time, I guess. Blood center. And I worked at the same time. I worked those two jobs at the same time for a pretty good stretch. Hmm. 16 to 18 hour days every day don't mess them up yeah <laughs> right right no actually not at valsala that i take that back it wasn't valsala i was working at the bullet center ah, ah damn it i was working at uh the cell phone company oh at when i was working at the blood center Sorry. and josh years was the it was obviously hobby time. Yeah. i mean <clears throat> starting in june of 97 and ending in june of 2006 okay mine trader joe's eight and a half years what the hell <laughs> um man you enjoyed it there though i had i had a good time it really was a good time is one of the few I'll, t- I'll i will tell you this every time you go into trader joe's you have about a 35 percent chance that the person you're talking to has recently been drinking <laughs> because <laughs> you know this if, is it, if it was me they'd probably been yeah. smoking yeah I well i mean it was my car all the time well it was like you know you'd go in there and be like hey we just got this new wine in well why are we not drinking this hey we just got this no food in why are we not eating this get the grill started let's cook it up you know let's it was like, it was it was very cool. But I will tell you, there was a lot of magic Kool Aid involved in working in that place. <laughs> I remember that the first time I was uh, doing the, the closing stocking at the end of the night, and I uh, held up these. I don't even remember. Oh, they were the, the chocolate covered pretzels. Yeah. And I was like, man, these look really good. And this guy Jay that worked with me, he was like right next to me. And he goes, what, "What are you What are you looking at?" He's like, "Oh yeah, those are good." And he just takes his utility knife out and cuts the bag open. I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Oh, that was a defective bag. You can't You can't put that on the shelf." He starts reaching in and eating them. I'm like, "All right, I like this job. It's not too bad." <laughs> this is the way things work here. Yep. Yeah, that that I mean that that part of it was cool. Um, when you start wearing, when if you see people wearing button down shirts, the management. They are the most miserable people on the face of the planet <laughs> because there's just grocery is is a fickle mistress. <laughs> it's it, it was fun. It was awesome at times. Um, I do have to say that uh, Trader Joe's does throw some pretty sweet friggin uh, parties for the management teams uh, working with them. I was at the, the Drake uh, one year and they would if you live far away enough. They would, um, they would pay for your hotel room. 
Nice. Because they didn't want you driving home because you were going to drink a lot. So we were at the Drake. We were at the Four Seasons. We were at... Yeah, the, the night of the Drake was one of the nights you stopped in one of my bars. Yeah, that's right. Came by with everybody. I was like, we got to go see Pat. He loves us. Um, and, man, the yeah, the Four Seasons, the Hotel Intercontinental, uh, just they would r- get rooms and halls at these great places. And you'd get I got to sleep and stay in hotels that I probably would never have been able to. But... Uh, left them after a long while. Let's see what's up next. Uh, I think we're on to best slash worst job as an adult. I don't know that uh, which we want to start with. Let's start with best. We did. I think we did worst first on the last time. So Joel, best job. Well, since Val's kind of was the carryover, um, you know, it still is still one of the best jobs I've ever had. Although the job I'm in currently, which will will remain nameless, of working customer service. Um, has proved to be. I know what it is. Uh, of course you do. Has <laughs> proved to be a, a really, really, really good job in terms of pay, benefits, um, people I work with, and everything. It's it's never going to be the record store, but you're not going to make money in a record store Pet. to support a family. Pet. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> so, I, I, if, since the Blood Center is is or the, uh, the I'm sorry, Valsal is the obvious answer. I'll throw the the current job I'm in as okay. a backup. Cool, Josh. What about you? I mean, I, I know it's been my answer for like the last seventeen questions. <laughs> no, I, I, it's no surprise considering how big a part of like the formative, like it was my twenties, basically, was Hobby Town. Yeah, learning how to be an adult in Hobby Town. Yeah, I mean, I, I went on an annual trip to Las Vegas after uh, for the Game Manufacturers Association Gamma mm-hmm. Show. Uh, I represented us there and always came back with a bunch of swag for both the store and for myself um ended up uh starting a game convention there st- with fred originally bankrolling it and eventually i became not only the uh executive director but the owner of the whole show when uh he decided he didn't want to take the risk anymore and i was like yep i'll do it we'll we'll do it for a couple more years and we ran the ides of march game convention from 2000 to 2006. That's a good run for a small, you know, for that size yeah. of a... Yeah, and we got to that weird spot where it's like, yeah, we are the... We're bigger than every other small con, and we can't quite get to Origins or Gen Con level. There's this weird gulf where you get to 400-plus people a year, and then the next jump is up to, like, 10,000. Wow. So, like, there, there's this huge no-man's land to get from one to another where economies of scale start failing, and you need to have... I mean, even by the end, I had volunteers who uh, I didn't know their name or face, and they had heard of me but couldn't pick me out of a crowd. There were just so many levels of uh, – I was in charge of senior staff who had staffers beneath them that were supervising volunteers. That's cool. So, yeah, definitely a good time uh, uh, doing uh, Hobby Town for the game industry, basically, for most of my 20s. Nice. Yeah. Pat? Um, I would have to say, honestly, just dealing poker in the underground card rooms because it just, it's just perfect for me. <laughs> in, <laughs> little in a little activity. In a lot of ways, it's perfect for me. In a lot of ways, it's not. But, I mean, it's it's the money back in the heyday was okay. ridiculous. Um, if I knew how to save money, I, I would probably be doing very well still. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, it's fine. I had fun. <laughs> 
But um, yeah, I mean, the ability to to like you never know when a night is going to be you know a thousand or twelve hundred dollar night, and it just you know, and suddenly you're just flush with cash. You know, you, you it was a feast or famine kind of thing all the time. Yeah. Yeah, but back in the like day, that. when during poker's big heydays in the in the mid to late two thousands, it was pretty much all feast. It was ridiculous how how much people were playing poker. The money is still good, but there's just not as many people playing. Mm. It's a different type of money. It's like the same people over and over now. Whereas back then, even the card rooms were like casinos, where you just see different people every day. Yeah, I think mine. I don't know. It's it's kind of a hybrid because I really enjoyed working at Caribou Coffee. I really enjoyed working the coffee shop things. And I, when I started working for Starbucks, I ran a store in a little store, only like five, six people. And it was the closest thing that I've gotten to in this point in my life where I was just like running my own coffee shop. And granted, there was somebody bankrolling it, which was fantastic. But... Um, it had a good, good tight team. I mean, the team, the store won awards for customer service. Like the one of the things that we had was, uh, you know, the secret shoppers that come in. And my store, my five six people that I had in that store, we won the highest percentage of five star shops in the Wisconsin, Illinois, and in the Indiana area. And I got to meet Howard Schultz, the guy who started Starbucks because of it, which was really cool. That is cool. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, it was hemorrhaging money because whoever made the deal for the rent, uh, my first three weeks paid the rent because I was in a Monday through Friday store. I had no weekends because there was nobody in the building. It was an office building, so there was no reason to be there. So I was losing money. You know, all the other stores could anchor themselves on their weekend, uh, you know, their weekend take. But I had no weekends, so I was, like, struggling to keep ahead of it. And finally, they shut the store down and handed it over to the company that uh, that runs a ho- the um, the airport stores. But that was that was fun. Airmark? Yeah, something like that. And, and you know, that's kind of like my end dream. You know, I'll say kind of to jump to, like, what a dream job would be. It's like, I want to run a coffee shop. I, for some reason, think that would be a really good job for me. <laughs> you know, I can see that. Yeah. My, my end goal is to make enough money that I can move to uh, like, Hawaii. Yeah, no. <laughs> great, lots nice. of great coffee, but you know what? Lots of great coffee is the only thing they have over there. Getting anything else you'd is be, kind of a bitch. You be, be a coffee surgeon in Hawaii. Yes, I'm going to be a coffee brain surgeon in Hawaii. No, I want to get. A, I want to uh, find a little town like Door County ish type of thing and open, live upstairs, open the coffee shop, you know, in the morning, then go upstairs when I'm tired and you know, hey, we're shutting down for the day. I'm I'm good, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, that's my that's my end goal. Wow. I'm not surprised, but neat. What about you? Going to open a record shop? No. Why don't we just open up a record shop, bar, coffee shop, gaming and store, and game store together? There we go. Perfect. Yeah, cool. I, I have never. I actually like that idea. That's that right. actually sounds like a great. <laughs> <laughs> we would never ever leave any of us, <laughs> and we I, would I, be out of business within six months. Yep. I, I will never own my own business again, ever. Wait for it. <laughs> Last yeah. question. So uh, we want to go on to our worst job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Josh, do you have a worst job for the now? I have a worst job ever. Uh-oh. Oh. And oh. I don't actually remember uh, whether it was <laughs> remember applying for this job. <laughs> well, I, I, I can't remember if it was just before Hobby Town or just after Hobby Town. Okay. But, uh, so maybe it should have been in the first half. But the worst job I ever had was throwing papers for a uh, suburban newspaper. Uh, the way the job worked is you had to get there at between like 3.30 and 4 o'clock in the morning and wait for the papers to arrive. 
and you got this bin with hundreds of papers, uh, maybe many hundreds, if uh, depending on your route, and you had to roll them and bag them as quickly as you could and get enough so you know you're going to have 20 or 30 extra. And then you've got your route. And you drive the route, throw a paper at each house you're supposed to get, and uh, you go until you're done. You miss a paper, you throw it in the wrong place, it lands in a puddle because it rained. Uh, you basically, you're not paid per hour, you've got a fixed weekly rate. And every time somebody calls to complain because their paper was late or landed in a puddle, it was a dollar off your check. Ooh. No time off, 365 days a year. Amy did the same thing, and I helped sometimes. Oh, it sucks so much. It does. It really does. It's, yeah, it's, I've had jobs where uh, I have literally, like, as a grown man, been openly weeping, and this was still worse. (sighs) Wow. Yeah. Joel, what about you? Worst job? Um, Well, uh, I'll save what I was going to say because I missed the uh, self-employed running around business question. So I'll save that for that for later. But the next runner up, which actually falls into the WTF category, um, I was working a a, a lot of temp jobs when I moved back to Kansas City. And I got this temp job at a mortgage company, uh, Corinthian Mortgage. We'll name them because they're dicks. So um, I'm doing mortgages. I know nothing about them. I have my math is terrible. There's a lot of fractions involved. And I was there as a temp for a couple months and they're like, we'd like to offer you a job. I'm like, fantastic. I need a job and go through the whole process of the paperwork. The job sucked. I mean, I was falling asleep half the time and I just, I didn't care for the job, but apparently they liked me for some reason. So filled out all the paperwork, got all the health insurance stuff forms turned in, got all the easy pay stuff for my paycheck set up, did all of this stuff. And it, that took like another month, you know, so three months altogether, first week on the job, get there, do the job. Nothing's any different. Been doing everything exactly the same way as I've been doing for the past three months. At the end of the week, they said, we're letting you go. The job sucked anyway, so it was not a big loss in terms of like I was glad to leave because they were terrible. But why would you have somebody go through all of that work and then get rid of them in the first week when they didn't do anything differently? And because it's the way that Kansas City is set up, they don't have to give you a reason. So I never found out why. Terrible job. Yeah, those are right-to-work states kind of (laughs) suck. And uh, yeah, I was, what the hell, because I I knew nothing about mortgage and there was a lot of math. Pat? Um, Immediately after I... Stopped working at the lodge management, the bars on division and everything. We'll just say stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> um, I a headhunter had contacted me and said she had a job as a you know a management job at a restaurant. Would I be interested? And I said, yeah, I'll go for an interview. And I went for the interview, and um, it was a Bob Evans. You talk about culture shock. <laughs> <clears throat> I went from closing a bar at four in the morning, not leaving till six, seven in the morning and being pretty much drunk or half drunk, at least by the time you leave and just partying, doing who knows what and who knows who and just a crazy lifestyle to suddenly being at work at four in the morning, opening it up and making biscuits and gravy and serving farmer's coffee and wearing a string bow tie. It was too much of a change. I couldn't do it. Salt to the earth there. Yeah. I lasted about five weeks. I was like, nope, I can't do this. Yeah, I can't and see when, that. When I, when I quit that <laughs> job, the, the, the general manager was like, yeah, I was just waiting for the, the day that you told me this wasn't for you. <laughs> He's like, I knew it from the time you showed up. <laughs> well, thanks for wasting my time. <laughs> Don't you hate that? Yeah, I didn't think you'd finish. Well, why didn't you bring this up three weeks ago? I could have been looking for a new job. Um, Worst job? 
for me as an adult. Now I'm doing I'm classifying adult as in post marriage because this is kind of like okay. traipsing. But I'm still not an adult. Well, at least well, yeah, but we're not going to argue with that. Yeah, <laughs> and the show moves on. Um, oh, aww. but I actually worked at an independent coffee shop in Oak Park for three weeks. You remember that one, Josh? What was the name of it? I don't remember. It was it was not open long. Uh, Josh and I would sit. We played. Remember, I got that nightmare chess, and you wanted to play chess, and I wanted to play cards. We used to sit there and play for a little. I while. vaguely remember. Was, was there something with frogs in the logo? Yeah, there were frogs. There was something with involving frogs. But the thing is, it's a coffee shop. It is on Oak Park Avenue, one of the busiest streets in Oak <sighs> Park, uh, right across the subway from uh, from Val's. And I was working there. Oh, man. I'm trying to think of what that was called. It's right down the street from the place that sells all the Irish crap. Mm-hmm. So this place, the woman who ran the joint had a rule. We we'd, Somebody would come in and they would sit down at a table. And in the back, she had like a, a map of the store and all the tables, which isn't uncommon. But everybody had, uh, every table had like a timer. And when somebody would come in, we had to set the timer. And it was I think it was like 30 minutes. And if they sat there for 30 minutes, we had to go over and say, could we get you anything else? Fine, whatever. Here's where the, the problem started. If they don't want anything else, you have to ask them to leave because now that, according to her, they were, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, no... Loitering? They were, loitering. they were loitering. Hmm. And she was like, they're, I don't want, if they're not going to purchase something at least every 30 minutes, I don't want them in the store. And I'm like, I don't think you get how this works. They, one person comes in, sits all day, has some bunch of coffee, a couple pastries. They come back with a friend. Now you have two people. Yeah, this is not a stripper window in a, in a seedy fucking underground club. Yeah, I mean, it's just like. Pay if, for time. I know. It was like, she's like, if they're not here, if they're here for 30 minutes, ask them if they don't want anything, you have to get them go. It, and I, I, it was terrible because she was like, have you talked to this person? I had, I had to wear a bow tie too. That was like her thing. She had to wear bow ties and she had little frogs everywhere. But, um, it was terrible because I love working in coffee shops. I love the coffee shop environment. I love – I knew it should have been perfect. But just yeah. this whole, hey, you having to go to people and say, you have to go. You're done. Your time is over at this table. You have to move on. And then going back and being like, this is completely against everything that I feel that should be going on in this place. And yeah, after like terrible. a week, by the end of the week, I'm like, you know what? I'm out. Here's your bow tie. Screw your frogs. I'm gone. Mr. Toad's Wild Latte. Yeah, pretty much. I <laughs> wonder what that would taste like. No. no, that was, I mean, it was just terrible because it was like everything that it shouldn't be is what she wanted it to have. But frog coffee. And frogs, yeah. But it's a, like a used furniture store now, so. Uh, on that, up, uplifting stories on the worst jobs. <laughs> have we done best jobs? Yep. Yep. Started yep. with best. How how many of us have had to do the dance of unemployment? Uh, Joel raises his hand. Yeah, Mike raises his hand. Uh, Josh raises both hands and a foot. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a long time. I remember one time my mother mm. came to visit me unexpectedly because she had heard some stories. She came, flew up to Chicago. Um, I was so unemployed and so poor that I was eating. I was eating dry milk because my water had been shut off. I couldn't even turn the powdered milk into actual milk. Oh, <laughs> oh my <man>. god, it's <laughs> pretty harsh. Holy yeah, I'm familiar with unemployment. Yeah. yeah. It's, Who put that question in there? I didn't put that question in there. I no. did because uh, it, for me, it was a significant part of like my 20s were hobby town. My 30s, I don't want to say they were characterized by unemployment, but like my first online presence 
was as a here's what it's like to be geeky and unemployed blogger. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember mean, we started that. Yeah, I had two stretches <clears throat> of unemployment. One was like six months, and the next one was eleven. So yeah, I mean, it was a big part of my like not working life. Yeah, I've I've had to not not uh, not real long ago, but having to have to apply and on do all that too, and that's not. It's nice to have it, but it's not nice to have to survive on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so it's glad it's there. I will say, going to the unemployment office to have to fill out paperwork or file a claim or whatever is possibly one of the worst things ever having to go. Dude, going for food stamps is worse. Oh, been there. Yeah, been there also. Been there, done that. I went to there once, sat down, waiting for them to call my name, and the guys sitting next to me were comparing ankle bracelets, and not the kind that have diamonds on them. Yeah. <laughs> no, the kind that will get you arrested if you yeah. go too far out They're of like, And one guy was actually jealous. He's like, oh, man, look at that. It's so small. That's the new model. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just kind of like, yeah. is there another chair somewhere around here? Because they're going to see that I have no ankle bracelet on and then I'm going to get beaten up or something. <laughs> you know, but but despite all the horrible things that, that, that it involved and all the stuff you had to go through and everything, I I wouldn't have been able to survive without unemployment or the uh, the food stamps program. Yeah. yeah. No. So when I hear people diss on it and complain, I'm like, look, you don't understand it until you've been there. So, yeah. No, I Most mean, it's the people that are on it. Don't want to be on it. No yep. shit. Yeah. I can remember There's... a time when I didn't have it. And I uh, uh, remember having to donate blood plasma so I could buy McDonald's. And then I, I got a letter saying, uh, we can't actually use your blood, <laughs> so you can't do this anymore. That's wow. Wow. Talk about dropping the hammer on you when you're already. What's the next in qu- next question? Oh, running your own business, self-employed. <laughs> this is getting real <laughs> cheerful let's, let's, let's now. Get, let's get into some more fun topics. Ah, <laughs> uh, some of it's fun. Some of it really sucks, though. Yeah. And uh, Mike, have you ever done the running your own in business or self-employed thing? I know the rest of us have. I, as of right now, have not. I have not done the self-employed running your own business. I've always worked for somebody. But like I said, my end goal is to open up my coffee shop, bar, game store, music shop. So <laughs> That's because he's never done it. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I'll have them. You know, I'm just waiting to get enough plan. Wait for t- I'm taking notes on all you guys. Uh, Joel, I think you went into it first, so why don't you start? Um, Pat and I are there now. So 2003, I'm living in Kansas City. I am not gainfully employed at that point yet. I'd spent the a while rebuilding a house and then i don't know anyway so my brother approaches me with an idea that he wants to open a bar and grill he's been in the restaurant management business for years um either running or um working in bars and restaurants that's all he's ever done so i'm like okay he's got the know-how i've got uh the the startup and uh was more than willing to put in the effort to you know learn to be a line cook and and do all the other stuff that needed to be done so um put in everything i had uh, started a restaurant, uh, Catch-22 Bar and Grill. I designed the logo. Um, we started, uh, I did all the legwork and all, everything for it. It was all on me. Started it up uh, in November or December. Juliana was born in January. And by uh, March, when uh, on St. Patrick's Day, um, was there by myself running the, the line. I had one waitress on staff. My brother didn't show up. His wife at the time was gone, disappeared. And so there's two of us running St. Patrick's Day all by ourselves. And after I left that night, I had a nervous breakdown and haven't talked to my brother since. So the job literally nearly killed me. And I, as much as I like being my own boss, 
doing payroll, doing uh, scheduling, doing dealing with all the purveyors to buy your food, uh, running the place by yourself. I mean, yeah, never, never again in my life. I'm not doing it. But um, in a, on a bright spot, I learned how to be a line cook, got a lot of good experience cooking. And uh, whenever I was doing the cooking, I got re- rave reviews. But when my brother was cooking, people complained. Note to sell. <laughs> Um, I mentioned earlier, uh, the upside of, uh, having run the convention company, but, uh, since we're in the depressing portion of the show, apparently, <laughs> uh, I, I can remember that one of the reasons I stopped is because every year, uh, I was committed to pay for the hall and we had a block of hotel rooms and for every block room in the block that we didn't uh, get someone to reserve and stay in, we would be assessed a penalty. And yeah, I got to collect badge fees and event fees for all of the Dungeons and Dragons games, whatever other games we had. But uh, I didn't know usually until the last day of the con it could be anywhere from I lost thousands of dollars to I made maybe hundreds of dollars. <laughs> and I would be after like half a year's work in on this. Frequently, I was on the hook for writing a scenario for one of the big events. I was the guy who had to process all the payments, do all of the registration, manage the staff, negotiate the contracts, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I'd always have the uh, big boardroom suite at whatever hotel. And Saturday night i'd run a big party now everyone was having a good time but i was drinking myself senseless because i had no idea if i was going to completely lose my shirt every single year because i was going to write a check that was like pretty close to double my annual salary from my real job jeez so and i and i uh didn't was not smart about it i luckily nothing bad happened because i didn't i own my own convention company didn't but didn't establish it as an llc and all credit card payments were processed through my personal bank account so like when it came time to write the check that was the personal check i was writing to the hotel so see i established an llc and had the credit card companies the paid for the service or whatever i had an account I, I had a merchant net account, but uh, it all went through depositing and debiting from my own bank account. And uh, I've mentioned on this show that I'm currently self-employed. Uh, I've driven for Uber, and I currently I no longer drive for Uber, but I do drive for Lyft. And uh, yeah, it's got its upsides and downsides. I mean, when I first started, it was it seemed like it was just totally awesome, and, and I still really enjoy it. It was like. I always compared it to random quests uh, doing like an RPG where they have randomly generated quests. I don't know how long I'm going to be doing it. I don't know how hard I'm going to work and I don't know how much I'm going to make. I could make $70 this hour or I could make zero. And it's just like there's slimes involved. What's that? Are there slimes involved? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Frequently, uh, if you drive the night shifts, which I do not, there may be slimes involved. (laughs) But I do not drive the drunks. And yeah, that's what I'm doing now. I'm actually thinking since uh, regulations in Chicago look like they may be pushing Lyft and Uber out of the city, uh, I may be going back to the the normal job route soonish, maybe sooner than I'd like. All right, Pat. Patrick, what? <laughs> Self employment. I, I wasn't paying attention. I was thinking of something else. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I was in Jamaica. I, I wasn't sorry. Getting Jamaica. Surgery. Sorry to bring you back from Jamaica to talk about <laughs> owning a food truck. Yeah, so as many people that listen to the show, if you listen regularly, you probably know that I own a food truck called the Cheesy Rider. 
It's the first time I've ever owned my own business. I've managed and run tons of restaurants and managed all kinds. Done. I've out of all four of us, I think I've had the most job titles and jobs. Definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and this is the first time I decided to, to bite off a little more than I could chew, apparently, and started my own little food truck. It's going uh, adequately. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been worse, and it's starting to finally turn around. This weekend is supposed to be a really good weekend for me, but of course it's storming again in Houston. But le- what I like to say, um, I don't want to date this show too much by talking about like this weekend exactly. But overall, um, my favorite little saying about owning my own business is, I've never been so poor as when I had my own business. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. Words have never been spoken. So. <laughs> Um, my father used to always say, my father his entire life uh, worked for someone, and he used to say that the only way to achieve financial independence, the only chance you have to achieve financial independence is working for yourself and not working for someone else. So I decided I was going to give it a shot. It's tough. It's, it's you know, I mean, especially the first few years, it's a real, real grind. But if you can break through and if you can make it, it's a, it's a good life. I've got a friend, I've got a couple friends that have their own businesses and they're doing really well. And they're getting to do all the stuff that they want to do on the side as well as still keep their business going. And, you know, I mean, for a person who is mostly negative and pessimistic, I am surprisingly optimistic about the future. It's because your, your sandwiches teetering. are friggin' delicious. Sorry? What? I say because your sandwiches are friggin' delicious. <laughs> I, that's one of the things, honestly. I feel really strongly that I have a good product, and I think it, if I can just survive the lean times that I'm going through, I think eventually it's gonna it's gonna prove itself. Yeah, I know we've all been really negative about the whole self employment, running your own business thing, and yeah, it it really does suck sometimes. Uh, have those days where you like thought you were gonna make a couple hundred dollars and come home with thirty. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I can say that uh, the times I've done it, it is nice to never have to answer to anybody for, like, can I take a day off? Or uh, I'm doing really well. Uh, I'm ahead for the week. Uh, I want to knock off early on a Friday. I have a doctor's appointment, whatever. The freedom is really something that uh, it's hard to put, like, a dollar value on that. Right. Yeah. I mean, as much as, much as I, you know – complain or whatever or just you know i'm not necessarily living the high life that i want to live i'm still mostly living the type of the type of life i want to live i'm my own boss nobody tells me when to wake up nobody tells me when to go to work i'm the one that tells myself when to go to work Hmm. you know i mean it's 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 a it's an interesting life it's not for everybody i mean (laughs) because you have to be pretty disciplined and i'm you know i'm trying to develop that discipline instead of instead of going in with it which is kind of a you know a backwards way to do it apparently no, I hear you. Like sometimes the ability to decide, like I'm going to knock off early, if you don't have that discipline. Sometimes I don't. I, I'll go home when I shouldn't, or yeah. I'll sleep in when I shouldn't. That, that's the freedom is sort of a double edged sword too. Exactly, because you know the only person accountable is you, and if you don't hold yourself accountable, it's pretty easy to skip out on the things you should do. Yep, unless you have a partner and you're the disciplined one. Yeah, <laughs> and then your partner drags you down. So. Yeah, yeah no, and, it's it's nice being your own boss. I I cannot disagree with that at all. Yeah, but I mean, it, just like everything else, it comes with a price. Yep. Although, although I did report myself to HR once, and it was, <laughs> uh, it was messy. So, did you sl- sexually harass yourself? Yeah, I that, did in the back room. That's what he was doing, harassing himself. He told he that's, told, told himself he was going to give himself a raise. Yeah, and he just touched himself. It's not what I meant. It is what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. So yeah, yeah. This is like, 
<laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm trying to end it on a positive note because, like I said, believe it or not, I'm still positive for my chances, and everything tells me I shouldn't be, but I am. No, and you should be because, like I said, you got a good product. You came up here and you cooked it for us, and everything. Everybody, I mean, your your cooking is fantastic. So, hey, if you're out in that area, go get a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, come, come try what one what one girl said is the best sandwich she ever had. Right. All right. With a shocking review from some girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was, these memory shows, like I remember we did the home show and the fear show, and near the end they always get kind of dark. It's like 40 going on 14. What the hell happened? Yeah. <laughs> our, our new tagline should be, why are none of us rich? <laughs> <laughs> the, the 40 is just going to be in bold print now. So uh, yeah, without so, all those experiences, we wouldn't be where we are now. So there, yeah, go. that's True. right. So uh, next week, all right, we're we're going for comedy movies that are vaguely espionage themed, with kind of uh, shall we say less than competent spies, less than competent spy duos. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're going to be looking at spies like us and comparing it to the uh, modern classic, <laughs> if you want to call it that, uh, The Interview, the uh, favorite movie of everywhere except for um, North Korea. Korea. Yeah. North Korea, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Spies Like Us versus The Interview. And um, if you're looking for any of our older stuff, like we said before, iTunes, Stitcher, Shoe, and Blueberry. And if uh, we missed anything, you want to hear more about one of our jobs or you want to comment on this show or one of our other shows, give us a call. That number, again, is 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Right. And uh, one last thing we're actually getting, we're planning out. So letting everybody know at the end of next week, uh, the week after next, we're doing Voltron because the Voltron Netflix movie is going to be coming out next week. So watch that if you want to keep up with us. Cool. And if you don't, then don't. Yeah, yeah we're that's not, cool. We'll still be here. Yeah, we're not going to give yeah. you like a report card or anything. It's going to look poorly on your review at the end of the quarter. And be on your permanent record. And all you'll be able to do is be self-employed. Well, no, oh. that's no good. <laughs> Way to bring it back around. Uh, yeah, I brought it down again. Yeah, I wish I had <laughs> some happy music to play, but zero uh, key, right in on the train. I was going to say, in comes "Don't Fear the Reaper." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, good night, folks. I got to get for work in the morning. (laughs) I got to pee. Yay, pee. I mean, yay, pee.